Welcome back to the, to the uh, <laughs> that didn't go so well. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Welcome back to the Technology Pill, a podcast that looks at how technology is reshaping our lives every day and exploring the different ways that governments and companies use tech to increase their power. My name is Gus Hossein, and I'm the Executive Director at Privacy International. And welcome to 2021. This episode is supposed to be a look at 2021, what we're expecting, our predictions about what will be important, and so on. We're recording this for context on the 8th of January, and already uh, we at PI in the UK are in a third lockdown. There have been mass arrests in Hong Kong. Facebook are forcing people to share their details from WhatsApp on pain of no longer being able to use WhatsApp, which is really personally frustrating because I'd only recently successfully moved my mum onto WhatsApp from Facebook Messenger. There was a plan. The plan is now ruined. Um, and a gun-wielding mob have stormed the US Capitol building in order to disrupt a session of government certifying election results, etc. Uh, it's been a it's been a big week. Um, in hindsight, all of these things were pretty pretty predictable. Um, but I'm still glad we didn't record the podcast until now because there's no way of knowing if we would have predicted them. Um, obviously, I think definitely yes, absolutely would. But you know, still, it's nice we don't have to look back in hindsight. Indeed. <laughs> And on a lighter uh, note, or on a note that's a little bit more positive, because we were all hoping for 2021 to be a, um, a turning of the page, perhaps, and then to be sent back into the um, first the London lockdown and the UK lockdown. Um, it was a little hard. But today, I can say, um, just a few hours ago, the UK High Court um, ruled in our favour. Um, that is in a in a case that took us, gosh, five years and uh, extraordinary amount of work by our legal um, team and our outside counsel and um, extraordinary risk to the organization because uh, it got to the point where the government was becoming so obstructive that um, they said that uh, if we lost the case, we'd have to cover their legal costs. Um, and it was extraordinarily high legal costs. Um, and uh, but uh, first, um, the government questioned whether we were even able to take the case. So they forced us to go to the high court, um, to the Supreme Court, actually. And we changed constitutional law along the way. Um, and then finally, the, the court um, today had to uh, rule on the actual substance of the case, which was all about whether or not general warrants the whole idea of a warrant that without a that can apply to a whole class of people, whether these should apply in the modern era, uh, despite 250 years of legal precedent. But uh, I think the I think the court must have enjoyed this case finally because um, it's an excellent, uh, beautiful decision. Um, and uh, I just have to quote just one little bit of it because it, it goes, I'm not a lawyer. Um, uh, I work with great lawyers. Uh, Caitlin's not a lawyer either. But it, it, these are just some of these lines that we think that lawyers use all the time in their conversations, and yet they don't. But the, the, the court decision decided, the, uh, the, uh, the judges said uh, in, in the decision to quote, the aversion to general warrants is one of the basic principles on which the law of the United Kingdom is founded. It's like, that's beautiful, just beautiful. And we brought that law into the 21st century, 21st century and in, 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 in 21 years. But, you know, we're doing okay so far. Yeah. And if you want to support us and give us money so we can keep doing that and keep taking governments to court and, you know, 
beating them up a little bit with 250 years of legal precedent, um, you can and you can go right now to support us at support.privacyinternational.org. Anyway, to the rest of 2021. Yeah, so um, Caitlin had the wonderful idea of, uh, in as much as prediction uh, is is laughable, um, whether it's predictive policing or predicting what 2020 would have looked like at this time, um, we asked our, our colleagues and friends who've been on the podcast before what they're looking forward to or expecting in 2021. And as you can imagine, well, actually, this might not have been the case in the past, but certainly is the case now. We got some pretty wide ranging responses, um, ranging, uh, for instance, from the anniversary of 9-11, the 20th anniversary of 9-11, to uh, Google's unionization. Before we get to like the very, you know, more serious predictions, one of our colleagues who unfortunately, I don't think has been on the podcast yet, but we've been trying to get one for a while pointed out that um, no predictions would be complete without consulting the stars. So we have for you your 2021 horoscopes. Um, so Gemini, bad news. Due to Mars being in retrograde, you will have an uneasy sense that you're being spied on. Uh, cancer, you will only remember to write 2021 and say 2021 first time by December. That one comes from bitter experience. Yeah, that's already happened to me already. I've, I've signed a number of contracts with 2020. These are slightly out of order, but Aries, uh, no printer you try and use this year will work first time. I imagine it was your experience last year as well. So bad news, that's not changing. Taurus, every time you consume content this year, all you will hear will be a low and monotonous thrum. COVID, COVID, COVID. It will not get louder. It will not leave. Is there other news? You don't know. The sound follows you. Take this time to unplug from social media. <laughs> Leo. Oh, you've got mine. You've got, this one's yours. I'm Leo. Your streaming career will flourish this year, with or without your involvement. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Virgo, your Wi-Fi works fine. Oh my God, there's a convenient motorcycle. Um, your Wi-Fi works fine, but somehow there's always a strange buzz in the background of every video call you make. Don't worry, it's not the Wi-Fi. <laughs> Libra, you'll find a new artist that you love this year. They won't be touring in 2021, but that means you found them in time to buy tickets for the next time they are. Congrats. <laughs> Scorpio, you will have a good year. Wow. I'm not saying that one of our colleagues forcefully suggested they have a good horoscope, but I am saying that sometimes the stars can be blackmailed. <laughs> um, Sagittarius, if you have a kid, you'll find a hobby in common. If you don't, you'll still find a hobby, any hobby. Capricorn, you won't receive a single message from one Caitlin Bishop, campaigns officer at Privacy International. You know what you did. Um, Aquarius, which is mine. Because of Venus, any appliances you own that involve water will be restless in 2021. <laughs> Can I just say as a trend from 2020? Pisces, your relationships in 2021 will take on new urgency. Remember, communication is important in whatever its forms. Though ideally those forms would be encrypted. Though now we've learned ideally they'd be encrypted, but not on WhatsApp. It's just WhatsApp as a stepping stone is so useful because so many people use WhatsApp. So when you ask people, please, you know, oh, I'm not really using Facebook Messenger. Can you get me on WhatsApp? Mostly they can. Um, but now I have to go through the whole, please download new apps, which is much harder. I know, I know. And like to Facebook, uh, sorry, WhatsApp did us, such a great public educational exercise 
last year or when they turned on end-to-end -end encryption because now like what over a billion people who use whatsapp see that some there's something called end-to-end -end encryption um and when we talk to people about these things they get it to, to a much larger degree than before but what's also interesting is that they get that facebook is a bit of a well a not very good company when it comes to opportunistic data grabs and mm -hmm. uh i think uh this will be a very interesting story to see how it uh it pans out over the next few weeks yeah and it's interesting that signal already got a bit over got overwhelmed with requests their verification process with the verification codes got slowed down massively because so many people were moving to signal yeah i know and like we've struggled a little bit with this one like i know we put out um rightly we put out messaging about moving to other platforms and there's so much discussion of that online it's just uh we shouldn't have to yeah you know we shouldn't have to move all the goddamn time just because some some just annoying company decides to find another way to exploit our data they should have to abide to basic safeguards and not say take it or leave it we're going to grab more of your data it's just unacceptable like i got like as a parent i'm on like so much of my my the interactions around my child's life are done over whatsapp with other parents even with school um and other officials and it's like oh for the love of god anyway sorry i shouldn't know it's supposed to be a good year good year um speaking of good year actually the first prediction is pretty nice um, and it comes from Tom, who you may remember from our podcast on immunity passports. Um, but this year, 1984 comes out of copyright. Um, and I've already seen calls for the Muppets to start production on a movie. Um, do we have any actual predictions here? Because I would be so up for a Muppets 1984. The Muppets Christmas Carol, as we all know, is definitely the best one. I cannot wait to see a musical version of 1984. Uh, I, I was involved uh, right after 9-11, um, the Royal Opera Company. I should know its proper name. They actually did a uh, a 1984 opera, um, and I was involved a little bit. Um, and it didn't last long. It's uh, it's hard to put 1984 to song and dance, um, well, opera. Um, but uh, you know, if anybody could do it, it would be Kermit. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but Tom's multifaceted, so you also sent us the fact that this year is the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Um, and given what we've already seen in the US Capitol building, there have already been predictions for a revisit of 2001's worst feature. Um, well, not worst feature, second worst feature. Draconian cancer terror laws like the Patriot Act. Um, a revisit of these kind of laws was already on our agenda for 2021. Um, Tom said specifically, and he sent it to us before people stormed the Capitol building, um, we're likely to see other measures that are currently deployed in the name of counterterrorism being deployed in the name of being against pandemics. From movements and contacts through to our use of the financial system, it will justify ever deeper surveillance. Just as we saw the massive increase of biometrics in the years following 9-11, so we're seeing digital identity companies poised to take advantage of the pandemic. Will the major side effect of vaccinations be the spread of technologies used to profile, surveil and track us? The frustrating thing is we know the way in which we can limit the damage of these measures. Will civil society have a seat at the table when discussing these issues? Will the concerns of, mar of marginalized and vulnerable communities be at the center of this debate? Will human rights get a look in? Um, and our colleague Lucy, Gus has popped off to go answer a phone call, but I can keep reading. Um, our colleague Lucy, who you might remember from our podcast on low-cost tech, the marketing and maternity, all of these podcasts, by the way, will be linked in whatever description below, um, on whatever platform that you're in, 
or if not, you can find them on our website, prosyinternational.org. Um, but she also pointed out that IPOs and financing for biometric companies are growing pretty strongly. So there are some pretty strong financial indicators that the market agrees with this prediction, um, that it will be an unfortunately good year for biometrics companies. And actually, you'll be able to hear more about biometrics in next week's podcast on Clearview and facial recognition. Um, this is a pretty depressing prediction. And unfortunately, one that's likely to shape a lot of PI's work in the next year. But we'll see. You know, hopefully it'll be one we can laugh at in December. Ah, oh, you fools. I can't believe you thought that would be the issue. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. I actually just, we should probably note that when Tom says, um, vaccines leading to more the spread of technologies used to profile surveillance trackers he doesn't mean in the vaccines he means accompanying documents oh we, it's that's been such a struggle it's uh i don't know if we're allowed to talk about these types of things but it's been such a struggle to get engaged on these issues without touching any of the third rails <laughs> and when it comes to health and when it comes to of course vaccination when it comes to government, governments and lockdowns, there's so many third rails. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there are more third rails than there actually are rails. <laughs> and yeah, just to avoid alienating one community while we try to, to identify ideal solutions and avoiding pitfalls. Ooh, that's hard. And that's gonna be a lot of next year. Um, next yeah. year, this year, oh God, yeah. 2021. <laughs> Um, Tom's last prediction is also not as fun as his first. Um, international travel will reopen, but not for everyone. It's unlikely that much of Africa will see full access to vaccines this year, for example, and so travel will be experienced very differently from people in different places. Discrimination rules. Yeah, this is what drives me nuts about, like, I think it was the CEO of Qantas, um, who's, and, and other airlines have just been calling for immunity passports uh, and vaccination passports so that people can start flying again. And it's like, do you understand who's going to get vaccinated and when? <laughs> Basically, it, it, if that's the rule, then for the first half of this year, the planes will be full of just old people, <laughs> old people who might not be in the best condition to travel in the first place. Yes, yeah, old medically vulnerable people, <laughs> many of whom don't and can't travel that well. Um, I don't know. I'm really excited about the vaccine. Um, and I appreciate I'm not going to get it for a very long time. I'm like 26. It's it's not coming to me. But um, my partner's dad's getting it today. Actually, he's getting wow, the first dose. That's wonderful. I know. How exciting is that? It's it's a huge relief. And it, like this year or last year, actually, um, but also at the beginning of this year, like the virus has felt like it's closing in a bit. Like um, obviously it's felt like that before, but more than ever, it's especially because the UK has what like the highest per head rate of coronavirus or something, it's really felt a lot more inevitable. Um, and that the vaccine's getting rolled out finally. Though I appreciate not everywhere and not at the same pace everywhere. Um, it's just such a kind of ray of hope that by the end of this year, even though it's unlikely I'll be vaccinated, then you know, at least, at least I'll be able to like leave the house more often. Yeah, I know. And it's like working for an international organization where first a lot of our, our colleagues are from around the world. Um, you hear the challenges that their families are facing uh, and 
the different rates of, of COVID at, ver at different moments in time. And also like the, the, the level of positivity going up and down, like at one point in time, like everybody in Germany was saying, um, everybody was saying, that, oh, Germany's the best place at dealing with this issue. And then Germany becomes the worst place or Italy is the worst place, but now Italy's getting a, becoming a better place. Um, but also we work with our partners around the world and we, we see the, we definitely see uh, COVID hitting them um, quite closely and intimately. And that's, it's, it's exasperating to see it from so far and be able to do so little, if anything. Fun, a fun, a fun, a fun prediction. Um, the next comes from uh, Dr. David Kripeke from our podcast on mental health, who um, sent us a, a list of a couple of things. Um, so things I'm looking forward to or excited about. One, harnessing the increased focus on positive mental health and using this to shift our approaches and attitudes towards what we call severe mental illness. Um, it does have to be said, like, whether it's some of it's been a bit um, um, kind of whataboutism or facetious, uh, there has been a much, much more in kind of increased look at how people's mental health has been affected by the pandemic, um, even if it's sometimes been used as a, a way of calling for kind of dangerous shifts in public health policy but hopefully that will in the long run lead to a lot kind of stronger focus on mental health in ways that it has been neglected before by a lot of different countries public health policies so that's exciting oh god yeah like um just we've already seen it happen to some degree around policing and around black lives matters and like in the in the uk for instance one of the leading organizations that fought against the UK national DNA data database was an incredibly small organization that worked on black mental health, saying people from the black community who have, ment are, who have mental health needs, they're the ones who are being targeted by a database. Um, and so it already has been, uh, yeah, the source of, of, of more progressive change. Uh, with a focus on uh, on mental health, and I can't wait for more. David's next one is better batteries and tech, which is really cool. It's a really exciting one. Um, yeah, I'm really excited by the possibilities of better batteries, which sounds yeah. like a really boring one, but it's really cool. And no, it changes everything. And, and apparently Apple has this huge innovation coming around the corner that uh, uh, Elon Musk was a little um, reluctant to, to greet, but uh, it does sound intriguing. Um, and then there's even the, the idea of batteries in, in power generation. Um, and then I don't know if you've been following that whole story about Australia's uh, physical battery they've been building over the past uh, few years, which is essentially a huge, it's a dam-like construction um, because it plays the role of a battery. It's yeah, fascinating stuff. Just the, the technology politics of, 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 of energy uh, generation and storage. It's just extraordinary. Um, and then David's third thing he's looking forward to is getting out more when circumstances allow, which I think we can all agree on. Um, it's getting to the point where it feels like me and my partner have been living with for like nine months now, um, speaking a code that like is very difficult to translate to other people. Um, yeah, like like over Christmas, it was suddenly having to go, oh, wait, yeah, no, what, what that means is, or like forgetting that you can't say things to other people. Um, and that was deeply confusing anyway i need to get out more and see other people but you know 
Uh, I think it's certainly true for my son. He needs to get out and stop seeing me all the time. <laughs> you just say that because he keeps crushing you among us. Yeah, that too. <laughs> um, David's areas of concerns. So one is under display cameras. Well, these make our mobile phones prettier and remove punch holes and notches from our screens. They make controlling covert filming more difficult. I think he means they make controlling. Oh yeah, they make controlling covert filming more difficult. I thought he meant they make like people's controlling anyway may make controlling covert filming more difficult um and this isn't something i've heard of under display cameras i assume are ones that where you don't have to see the notch at the top of the screen you don't see the little camera circle that lives under the display in your phone um but i can imagine if you're trying to stop people from spying on your controlling partners from spying on you then that's really complicated to deal with it really is. I hadn't thought about that. Like, I, like I certainly see the virtue when it comes to authentication um, under your control on your device. But yeah, that that the, we, we've we've grown accustomed to the idea that the use of a phone for recording is a physically obvious thing to do. And we saw it again with the storming of the Capitol building. Uh, as many people were focused on the storming as they were focused on recording themselves, holding up their device, and it's so obvious what's going on. But if it becomes more and more subtle, and that was always the concern about the uh, the Google Glass and the Google Glass holes, that you know um, it could be recording and you wouldn't know, you you wouldn't be any of the wiser as somebody who's looking at somebody holding one of these things around their eyes. So yeah, this this is going to get interesting, unfortunately. Um, if you are someone who's worried about a controlling partner um, and your phone, then we do have some guides for you that will be linked in the description below because there are some things that you can do to help make that harder. Um, and David's last one is privacy in the UK without European legal protection. Um, and we need to make sure the UK government continue to respect the right to privacy and don't see privacy as a barrier to economic progress. This one is fun. It's a bottomless pit of discussion um, that, uh, first of all, presumes that there's a coherent master, evil master plan. Um, and uh, I know there's probably a master plan. Uh, I'm sure there's an evil plan. Uh, and I, I, I'm just doubtful there's a coherent of e either of those um, uh, from the government on that. Um, and, uh, you know, with the fact that with every day that we continue to litigate against the intelligence agencies in this country, we, we bring to the fore to more people's eyes, the 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 um, the lax legal regime that exists here. Um, but equally, we keep on pressing whether it's the courts or the regulator to act. And just so, for instance, just last year, the UK regulator, the Information Commissioner, finally acted on the data broker industry. Um, well, the first step in the credit reference agencies. So, uh, hopefully. The momentum, whether it's the uncovering or the momentum towards the regulation, will be too hard for an incoherent uh, master plan to undermine data protection further in the UK uh, would actually see the light of day. Yeah, well, there's definitely something we're not going to stop working on. Um, and, you know, incompetence can often end up looking like malice when it's as it actually plays out. But we're, that's kind of what we're here for. We're talking about COVID policy again? <laughs> we're just talking about most government policy at the moment. Um, another thing we're excited to watch play out in 2021 is Google's move towards unionization. Um, this was sent in by a colleague, Eva, who you might remember from our Smart Cities podcast. Um, Google employees have announced the launch of their union. While employees fighting for their rights is something we should always be supporting and rejoicing about, 
This time the union could also be a game changer for all Google's users. In their announcement, they said they acknowledge that they are responsible for the technology they bring into the world and they recognize that its implications reach far beyond the walls of Alphabet. Will unionized workers create better tech? We certainly hope so and look forward to engaging with them. So that's exciting. Yeah, it is interesting, though, that to rely on a union because the, the language that they use right there, which is beautiful language, um, that they are responsible for te- the technology they bring into the world. That's what guilds used to do. You know, and that's when you had a an oath, whether it's a Hippocratic oath or if you were an engineer, you'd have to vow never to build a bridge again that would fall with the wind. Um, these types of things should have existed in in the world of tech that we inhabit, um, but it didn't. And instead, we had uh, move fast and break things. Um, of course, that's a different company, but it's the same issue. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. I'm hoping. Remember, I think it was what Operation Dragonfly, or it was. Project Dragonfly, I think, where tons of Google employees walked out. Um, I'm really hoping the union will give them cover a bit so they can kind of stand up and make those choices without, for example, if they work in the US, losing healthcare and other things, work kind of protections that they rely on. Um, so that's fab. That's really cool. Um, we'll see how it actually plays out and if the kind of grand hopes mean anything for Google's users in practice, but hopefully. It will at least get them better, better working practices, which is nice. Because um, there have been some stories about Google's discrimination policies that aren't great, um, at least recently. Anyway, um, now we go into the things that I'm excited about. Um, one of which is the rollout of the Indian National Education Plan, um, which is really cool. Um, it's this massive education plan which goes into, amongst other things, um, it kind of addresses education technology in a way that almost, I think, as far as I've seen, very few other governments have really done. Um, And they've promised a lot of kind of consultations and things across the year. So it'll be pretty interesting to see what the law ends up looking like in practice, particularly around education technology, a lot of which exists, a lot of which doesn't need to exist, um, a lot of which is a lot creepier than I think we're comfortable with. um, And hopefully, the end result of that will be kind of a, an articulation of what useful privacy preserving good ed tech looks like and what is unacceptable um which i think is really important and exciting um the other thing i think will be really interesting is the ugandan election which is this year um there have already been a couple of stories so far in the eight days of january about um kind of harassment uh, Bobby Wine's been facing, who's the Ugandan opposition candidate for the presidency, um, including there was a data breach about where his kids were, what plane they were flying on and all sorts of things. Um, but it will be really interesting, not only to see how the election plays out, but to see how kind of all of the apparatus around the election plays out. So the use of facial recognition cameras in Kampala, the use of kind of government force and power will just, yeah, it's one we're going to be keeping an eye on um, and will be pretty interesting, I think, for democracy and general kind of people in Uganda. Yeah, from my perspective, um, I'm really excited to see um, the, the role that the sustainability and environmental discourse plays in the first stages of unlocking, um, whether these things actually take uh, root the way they should and they deserve to. I think we've 
we've seen, well, there's been a, a lower consumption generally across the planet as a result of lockdowns, but I also see it with the rise of uh, increasing concern um, about global warming and uh, well, climate change and all the challenges um, that go, of the, well, for the problems that contribute to the creation of this entire um, uh, pandemic as well. So I look forward to seeing if those lessons can be implemented and seeing how they're done um, at a political level uh, across the world, particularly with the big summit that's happening this year in Scotland as well. Just as governments um, for the first time in a few years are meeting on a issue of progressive change uh, and uh, with perhaps a little bit more leadership um, than one would have uh, expected over the last four years from the United States. So it will be um, interesting to see that. But from a more negative perspective, I am going to be interested in seeing what happens to the tech industry as we start unlocking. Um, I've been following a lot of the uh, gross amounts of investment uh, going into the tech industry, um, whether it's, uh, well, from investors, including the stock market, just because people want to see growth somewhere, they just think growth must be happening in the tech industry. Um, and that has given rise to a bit of a bubble, uh, one would imagine, particularly around cloud services and, and things like those. And when you combine that with the fact that the early stages of pandemic response were very tech oriented and then we quickly saw how they unraveled it'll be interesting to see is there going to be a similar unraveling of um, the tech industry and tech investment um, once we stop imagining our screens as being the limits of our livelihoods um, it will be interesting uh, and uh, it, there, there are some signs that it's not much different to the dot-com boom, say, of 2000. So, uh, and we saw how that ended pretty badly. So let's see. Um, one thing that crosses both those, actually, is I'm really interested in, will at some point there be environmental regulation of Bitcoin mining? Which I appreciate it's pretty niche, but it's so environmentally problematic. And it's been, like, over time has been expanding and expanding and expanding as more and more people get into Bitcoin as a as like an investment instrument, as a way of making quick money. Um, I do wonder if we'll see environmental kind of law applied to Bitcoin. Um, that's part of my own crusade because me and Bitcoin have many, many arguments, but still. And it applies to other, other, <laughs> other blockchain currencies include, included. Um, Bitcoin is not the only one. I, I don't know if you saw those studies that came out. There was a study a few weeks ago about the cost of the planet from email. Um, and it, like basically e like for every email you don't send, you could save uh, um, the creation of carbon by X amount. It was a fascinating study, um, which uh, it is, it, but it's cute that it focuses on email. Um, I, I get that the, a large number of people still use email, don't get me wrong, but it is still cute that I did focus on email itself and not questions like mining um, or, uh, or selfies. <laughs> um, but yeah, the last question I wanted to ask was, uh, what, it, what are you hoping for in 2021? Like what, it doesn't have to be specific, but like, what are you hoping for? In, in line with what I, I was saying before, um, I kind of just hope that we come out of this with a little bit more of a systems thinking view of the world. 
Um, I think we've seen ourselves struggle uh, with the the role of the individual against this pandemic. It's like, oh my God, this pandemic is going to come and kill me. Um, and then what I found fascinating about the mask discourse is that people were thinking that the masks were there to save them. And so they all rushed out to buy the type of mask that would save them. And then they had to get their heads around the concept that no, wearing a mask saves the other person. And that's just like a mind explosion that occurs. You know, it's like, oh my God, this has effects on other people. And so, and then, so just to think, I'm not saying saying to think more socially. I'm not walking down that that political path. I'm just saying that when people start realizing that problems can't be solved, large problems can't be solved by singular individual action. Um, it, it, will that be something that comes out of this pandemic? Uh, that systemic solutions are required for systemic problems. That was Black Lives Matters that did that so perfectly to take uh, singular overt activity of well murdering black people and say actually the problem is systemic and when we saw um yeah it's a systemic going back to statues you know that what that's that approach that 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 change in philosophy um is something that i'm extraordinarily hopeful wishful will occur as a result of all this that's been going through the environmental movement as well for a little while in the in the companies want you to believe it's your fault so companies will often say hey buy our product and we'll plant a tree and you can save the world um when we know that like what three four companies are the biggest polluters in the world like systemic 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 solutions are needed for huge systemic problems and you turning the light off is good and there's no one saying it's not good but it's nothing compared to proper environmental laws and protections um, exactly and that's like that's what gets me out of bed every morning uh to work for an ngo like pi which is like yes there is individual action and then there's the role that the market plays in in channeling the the concerned voices of, of consumers but um when you need to be able to dig beneath the surface and solve the problems at their roots um i'm a, using so many metaphors here um you know it takes a different strategy and it's not always sexy and going back to our our, our uh, court case that we, we just won take five goddamn years like i even i forget sometimes why we started the case um and it takes you know five years ago i didn't know if pi would be around five years later you know I, it's just it, it takes hard invisible work for for the change that we need and don't get me wrong like winning a court case to me is just like the beginning of a of the domino uh that you hope sets the whole thing in action but somebody's got to be around to push all those things along the way and the environmental movement has been extraordinarily patient over the 60 plus years that they've been around to the point where they are yeah they're they're often accused of not doing enough but man they're doing so much yeah um and it's not to say that like individuals can't make a difference it's just the best form of difference is collective action pushing pushing for systemic action rather than you know telling everyone that you turn the lights off when you leave the room um anyway i'm hope i'm just hoping this year's better which i appreciate is a bit weird in the given the first eight days and what they've been like but i think 
there's a real chance that this year will be better than last year um, and that we'll come to the end of this year and the things that define it won't be anything like the first eight days in the same way that when we came to the end of last year the things that defined it were not the first eight days um when it comes to december there'll be things to talk about that aren't COVID. there'll be more to this year than there was to last year yeah i i i, I am hopeful I, like i also don't want to piss on 2020 too much uh, i think we all found ways of coping um that were you know sometimes extraordinary uh and uh and amusing and uh families have grown closer even as they've grown further apart um and uh, i'd even say working with my colleagues around the world but also just my colleagues at pi has been so much more i don't know i valued it so much more uh and right up to the end where um for our christmas party this year uh we did a simulcast of uh die hard and uh with constant chat interaction and a few drinking games. <laughs> Hans Gruber does appear in a lot of scenes. <laughs> you weren't expecting uh, to set the rules for that drinking game. <laughs> but yeah, th these are things that we wouldn't have done before. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm hoping that the good that came out of 2020 will be amplified. And lasting, like the Black Lives Matter movement, I think, hopefully in the long run, will be 2020's legacy. Yeah, and what happened at the Capitol building this week kind of makes sure that that will indeed be the case. So that's that's our podcast, I think. I think that's us done. That is what we think will happen in 2021. It is a mixed bag. <laughs> yeah. Um, but thank you for listening. If you have any predictions, um, you can find us in all the normal places on social media, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Mastodon. You can like and subscribe to the podcast on the various platforms you use. It's also available on our website at privacyinternational.org. You can support PI at support.privacyinternational.org and sign up to our emails at action.privacyinternational.org. The music is courtesy of Sepia. Great. Cool. Um, cool. I will see you around. Okay. See Good you. seeing you. You too. <laughs> Bye.